चार धाम यात्रा पार्ट टू द फोर स्टेशंस यमुनोत्री द अबोर्ड ऑफ एनचांटिंग यमुना जज्बातों के एहसास को महसूस करें तो कुछ दूरी से सीख ही लिया खुश रहने का सलीका अगरचे मजबूरी से Feel the sensations brought by emotions from some distance have finally learned the way to be happy although with some compulsion The Chardham Yatra begins from Yamunotri at a height of around 3200 meters near where the river Yamuna originates Just besides the freezing waters of the river Yamuna a hot springs called Suryakund where we take a dip before we enter the sanctum of the temple after an exhilarating 5 km trek in the mountains Yamunotri is said to have been established through the penance of the sage Asita According to the yogic lore The river Yamuna is also associated with the Ida Nadi or the feminine energy component of our subtle body. Traditionally, Yamunotri was very inaccessible and people took great pains to reach there to experience its remoteness and tranquility. This is where we experience the first stage of the cycle of life. The Yamuna has long been the object of infatuation of poets. Yamuna is considered a very beautiful river that can mesmerize you in her dark tresses. And so the enchantment begins. And these are not just poetic words. And that is the thing about these places. They do have a certain character and energy and a precise effect on our psyche the idea is to become very silent and we can begin to feel the vibes so a pilgrimage is a journey of silence as much as we are treading a path externally we are walking internally too gangotri ganga wild at her origins the next station is called gangotri gangotri is located at a height of around 3100 meters and is close to the origin of the river ganga ganga is called bhagirathi here and the river acquires its name downstream after merging with the river alaknanda The mythology of River Ganga is that a celestial goddess was pulled to the earth by the penance of a great sage called Bhagirath who got her down to wash away the sins of his ancestors at a spot close by called Gomukh and it is because of this legend that Ganga has always been associated as a great purifier the deeper significance can also be gleaned from the same legend bhagirath's ancestors earned the wrath of the sage kapila who is considered to have written the first exhaustive treatise 
on the science of numbers. Bhagirath's ancestors were driven by their egos and were cursed by sage Kapila as they disturbed him in his meditation. And it was through Ganga that he got emancipation for his ancestors. So this station, the second of the four dhams, marks a period of churn and cleansing. And yes, it is to be experienced. The energies of Ganga are potent and here they can shake you to the very core because this stop is meant to be a great psychic and karmic cleanser. And the stage was set eons ago by the great sages Kapila who created the occasion for the churn and Bhagirath who was instrumental in getting Ganga to flow and heal. Kedarnath the challenge. Our third station is Kedarnath. Kedarnath is located along the river Mandakini, another tributary of the Ganga, at a height of around 3,600 meters. We started on a tranquil, meditative note from Yamunotri and entered a cleansing phase at Gangotri. In Kedarnath, which is one of the most magnificent sites of pristine ethereal mountain wilderness you will ever see anywhere, we enter a more intense phase of our journey. It is evocative of the phase of life where we have fought many battles in life, may have won many, but maybe there are a lot of wounds, regrets, and now we seek a deeper purpose. Legend has it that in the battle of the Mahabharata, the great epic battle of India from ancient times, the winners, the Pandava, were filled with remorse for having killed many of their kith and kin and sought absolution. And so they approached Kedarnath. And even to get there, they had to endure great hardships on the way to their vision of Lord Shiva, who legend says, tested them for their steadfastness and resolve before granting them release from their disturbance. Why we are sharing these stories is because these stories of heroes, of cursed princes, of a celestial being, of sages and of Lord Shiva is because these are the play of archetypes. In the Indian system, these lores are called Purana. Veda are the original source of knowledge, which are considered revealed. The Upanishad are commentaries and explanations of the Veda by great teachers who experienced and validated the truth of the Veda. Purana are the legends, the myths that span across ice ages. Why the Purana are important is because they deal with the archetypes that are embedded deep in the psyche of humanity. For example, when we see the clash between a superhero and the villain in a film, why we are able to relate powerfully to it is because the superhero resonates with the hero archetype in our psyche and the villain too resonates with the archetype of evil within us. 
These archetypes are many, like the virgin, the hunter, the joker, the temptress, the one who sacrifices, the loyal friend, the mistress, the witch, and so on. And in every classic story across the world, which stays with us across generations, we like to hear them again and again because they resonate deep within our psyche. The Purana were not stories, however. They were meant to allow us to awaken these archetypes in order to subsume them and be free of them. So this was part of the journey to inner freedom. And so these stories are being shared with you because they represent certain major archetypes in us which are important to confront on our journey towards clarity. So this entire Chardham can also be seen as a journey through the archetypes of Yamuna, Ganga, Kedarnath and Badrinath that are at the deepest core of our psyche. So coming back to the story of Kedarnath, you will feel it in the trek, its difficulty. However fit you are does not matter. Like we said, we are walking in the Himalaya, the abode of the sages. And so it is a knowledge trail of self-discovery. You might be fit, but once the internal churn begins, it can be both challenging and rewarding. So the Kedarnath trail can be a challenge as it was for the Pandava, a test of resolve, determination to reach the goal against all odds and it prepares you for the final destination, Badrinath. Badrinath, the mystic doorway. Located at an elevation of around 3,100 meters, Badrinath is where the journey culminates. It is considered one of the most powerful locations anywhere on earth and is said to be the doorway to liberation. Here the deity is Lord Vishnu, who is said to have done severe penance both as a man and as the divine. So the archetype is clear. It is where we ascend to our most actualized selves. Badrinath Dham symbolizes the transmutation of the pupa to a butterfly, of maturing, realizing an inner, unconditional freedom. Here the myth goes that Lord Vishnu did severe austerities in a forest of berries. Again, an indication to us how important it is for us to connect to nature and to our primal self, to trust the wild from where our race has evolved and to respect and revere nature. Badrinath is located along the banks of another major tributary of the Ganga, the Alaknanda. The location of Badrinath is in a highly seismically active zone of the Himalayas. 
with frequent earthquakes and disruptions. The jagged and forbidding mountainscapes with sharp angular formations are testimony to this. One does get the feeling of a culmination here and the intensity here is incredible. On our journey, we have been enticed by the Yamuna. We have been washed pure at the Ganga. We have been tested by Kedarnath. And by now, we are much empty. By now, we are just witnessing nature. And one transforms into the vastness of nature. And one becomes minuscule. One is witnessing how nature overpowers you. And we begin to understand how the Babas who live there, how nature has made them over into itself. As we wind up the whales leading to the remote Badrinath, so remote that time and again in the past, this location had to be revived and the roots re-established. As we approach Badrinath, we understand the meaning of a spiritual holiday in the lap of nature. That it is about leaving behind all baggage, even spiritual baggage. The joy is in not drinking kilometers. We will do a lot of kilometers, some of us on foot, some on ponies. But the kilometers are hardly the point. We begin to realize by now how chanting works as ajapajapa or self-chanting chant. First, we chant. Then the chant goes on on its own. And then, it seems that all there is, is the chant. This is how we reach to the silence. And we get glimpses of the Anahadnath the primal sound of creation. Because there was only one moment when all was created, the same vibrations continue to this day. We are created of the same stuff as nature, and nature which is called Jad, which means nature simply exists as it ever has. So nature will always be our true reference to creation. It will always have the answers. By the time we reach Badrinath, there is only one nature, inside and outside. We merge with the primal sound. This is a glimpse and actually a reminder of the process of evolution. We say reminder because the knowledge is all within, as much as it is in nature, it is here too. And so we can clearly see how we have evolved in this life too. And that glimpse is what the Chardham is about. It is like a pause in life, very good for people who are on the crossroads of life, at whatever stage. According to mythology, the Pandava princes too did it. For them, it was after they had done everything in life. But at different stages, we have different 
crossroads. So this trip is not an act of faith. It is about the consciousness that runs through these energy points, which are relevant for a journey of liberation. Above all, we learn the lesson of humility. We also embark on a journey from having a sense of being the center of the universe to being a mere speck. And that can be very humbling. But that is the journey of experiencing the soul.